In Jesus' name, amen. In Luke chapter 3, it only takes two verses to give us the whole story of Jesus' baptism. Jesus has emerged from the River Jordan, baptized and blessed and named by the voice of the heavens that speak directly to him. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Thus, the divinity of Jesus as God's son is established at his baptism. In the subsequent 15 verses, Luke establishes Jesus' human identity by outlining his lineage, beginning with Jesus as the son of Joseph and ending with Jesus as the son of God. With the knowledge of his identity as beloved and filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus is led into the wilderness for testing. Hear the reading from the Gospel, chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me. And I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Lent 1, the first Sunday of Lent, always begins with this story of the temptations of Jesus. And Ian and I decided to unpack this story over four Sundays. Jesus in the wilderness was included in all of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And last week, Ian gave a great sermon on the overview of the story focusing on the type of power that Jesus embodied. That is, Jesus' power and the power to which he calls his followers is the power of love. The power of love stands in direct contrast to, in opposition over and against the world's power. That is power that leads to death and destruction 
worldly power is manifest in the actions absent of love and compassion for all living things and human dignity. Today, I focus on the first temptation. When famished, Jesus was tempted by the devil to turn a stone into bread. Just when Jesus became vulnerable in his pain, he was tempted to satisfy his own hunger. Now, the devil in other stories is called the tempter or the adversary or Satan. It is that competing voice we all recognize within us that attempts to have us avoid the hard path. The voice that tells us to take the easier way around our convictions and our principles. The tempter is that voice within us that coaxes us to shortcut the time we need to sit with discomfort. The tempter wants us to settle for distractions that keep us from feeling our pain or feeling the pain of others. Lent, though, is about being led into the wilderness of our pain and choosing to stay there. Lent is about willful discomfort. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, and Jesus chose to stay until the Spirit's formation and preparation was complete. Now, there are many metaphors for wilderness in the Scripture. Chaos, disorientation, the desert, darkness, and even the belly of a whale. And there are times that we feel our own version of the wilderness. It's in our human nature to want to find the cause or to trace uh, to the blame, to trace or blame the suffering we're experiencing on something or someone. Now, the wilderness experience might be due to the consequences of our own actions, Or like Jesus, we've been led into the wilderness not by anything we've done or deserved. What we do know is simply true. There are seasons in life when we find ourselves in the wilderness, experiencing loneliness or anxiety or melancholy or depression, isolation, Grief, fear, exhaustion, and even despair. In the wilderness, we are forced to face ourselves and look firmly at our version of reality. We are stripped of all the illusions we've constructed. We are stripped of the support systems we have created. All we've relied upon for comfort no longer serves us in the wilderness. Now think about a difficult time you've been in, you've gone through, a certain period of struggle, a time of loss, a time of disappointment in yourself, and you weren't sure you were going to make it. The wilderness 
I hope, was a place of transformation, a furnace of transformation. And looking back at that time, I pray that you can now say you grew stronger, that your faith grew deeper, that you are more trusting in God, and that you were changed by your suffering. Now, I assure you, I recognize it doesn't always work that way for all people. The wilderness is a lonely place, but it's a time and space given to us to face and to feel that which we do not want to face and feel. The wilderness might open up unwanted thoughts and emotions we've been avoiding. Maybe you need to face how much alcohol you're drinking or acknowledge the symptoms of a health issue you've been ignoring or address the tension in a relationship that needs attending or admit behaviors your child is exhibiting that might be pointing to something deeper going on. We humans are skilled at denial and avoidance. The wilderness creates that uncomfortable space to examine ourselves, our lives, our actions, our motivations. In the wilderness, self-awareness becomes the gift and the task set before us. It is one of life's great paradoxes that the things we don't want to look at in ourselves are precisely the things we need to look at in order to know ourselves better and to develop more fully who we are. The paradox is that the simple act of acknowledging our pain begins to loosen its grip on us. The feelings that make us want to run away from pain, from sadness, from grief, those are the feelings we should run toward. In fact, pain can be the price of admission to greater self-understanding. Lent is a season of willful discomfort. Lent is the season for going into the wilderness and like Jesus, facing our own pain and the pain of the world. Lenten wilderness gives us an opportunity to examine with self-compassion that which is emotionally difficult for us to face. And we ask ourselves, what makes us want to escape it? Now, I completely understand the aching dilemma that all of us feel right now. How much bad news in the world can we take in without bruising our own psyches or damaging our health? There is so much pain in the world asking for our attention, demanding our attention and the 24-7 media coverage makes it difficult to take it all in. We want to run for cover, to climb into our own emotional bunkers, to stay safe until our discomfort ceases. 
How much can I handle is the question. How will I know when I've hit my limit? Over the past three weeks, we've been exposed to incomprehensible suffering in the Ukraine. And I've been particularly drawn into this crisis, I suspect, because I come from a large Ukrainian family. And I feel their pain in a surprisingly visceral way. I'm trying not to talk myself out of feeling what I'm feeling. I'm just trying to feel what I'm feeling and trust that it's what I'm supposed to do right now. I don't want to be rescued from this discomfort and sadness. I'm experiencing a heaviness, like carrying a load of stones. If stones are the weight of suffering, there are only so many stones each of us can carry. And each of us must discern what is ours to carry. It'll not be the same for everyone. Some people seem better equipped to have compassion, to carry compassion without being crushed by it. The Latin word for compassion means to suffer with or to suffer together. And in Greek, it was the term used when Jesus had compassion on the crowds, the hungry crowds. He felt a troubled stirring inside the text says, a visceral discomfort. Compassion is a word that's easy to roll off the tongue. We want to mean it. But compassion demands something of us. It demands that we enter into others' suffering and to hold it, to hold it, to sit with it, to sit with the discomfort. And when we're tempted to back away, once we start to feel the pain, we have to just stay in it a little bit longer. It's like exercising hard. At least this is what I'm told. <laughs> that when you exercise hard, your muscles start shaking and you start feeling the burn. And it's when we feel we can't do one more push-up or lift one more pound or run one more step is exactly when we need to push a little harder, just a little bit more, a little bit more than we think we can handle because it's in that time that we begin to grow, that we become stronger, that we begin to see change. Endurance develops resilience. And our children, our children need us to let them feel pain, just little wildernesses, little times of disappointment. Don't shortcut those feelings because then they are ready for harder times. Let them experience that. Wilderness experiences, in fact, extract something from us. Energy, optimism, a sense of stability. But allowing ourselves to stay with the pain makes us less afraid of it. Prayerfully, we will gain meaning and purpose and a new identity. 
Jesus stayed 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness of pain. And Lent is 40 days and 40 nights. When the temptations of the devil ceased and his suffering ended, Jesus returned to his world prepared to fulfill God's call on his life. Jesus understood more clearly who he was, whose he was, and what he had to do. The wilderness is not a God-forsaken place. As the psalmist expressed in 38, happy to have you read that, Kate. As the psalmist expressed, we trust God is not deaf or mute to the cries of pain expressed in anger or fear or hopelessness. We are the body of Christ. We are in this together. When one part suffers, we all suffer. And if one part is in pain, the other parts help to bring healing and to carry that pain. May it be so for you. May it be so for us. May it be so for those who are far away. May it be so. Amen.